We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, one more time on this story about our supermajority of Republicans in the Oklahoma Senate and House voting to give the University of Oklahoma Children's Hospital just shy of $40 million while that hospital still promotes transgender surgery and therapy on its website for minors. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you for listening into the show. All right, I know I've taken a couple of shows in the past week, a couple programs, to educate you and to inform you as to what's going on down in Oklahoma City with regard to our House and our Senate, both comprised of supermajorities of Republicans, supposedly conservative GOP public servants that are down there to legislate in a way that's consistent with the values and the principles of the Oklahoma people that elected them. Well, that supermajority in both the House and the Senate last week voted for Senate Bill 3. And this bill allocated $40 million, just shy of $40 million. I think the exact number is $39.4 million of ARPA money to the University of Oklahoma Children's Hospital. Now, that hospital, as you know, has on its website a full page that promotes and encourages minors to pursue body-altering transgender therapies and surgeries. They talk about puberty blockers. They talk about surgeries above the waist and below the waist to alter the physical appearance of who you are, to make yourself look like a woman or make yourself look like a man, depending on which direction you want to transition. They promote these services for minors. They say on their website from 10 to 24, 10 year olds, they're actually talking about promoting, encouraging 10 year olds to get this butchery done to their bodies. And our conservative legislature here in Oklahoma just voted to give this hospital $39.4 million. And to my knowledge, didn't even require the hospital to change its website because I checked the website after our legislator legislators voted in favor of this grant and that website had not changed. Now, you're being told, you're being told that this bill, Senate Bill 3, actually requires the hospital to stop doing any of this stuff. And I assume that's true. However, there's more to this story, and I'd like to share that with you, my perspective on this, after we take this break. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. Before I go any further, I want to make it very clear right now that I know there are some very solid senators and some very solid House of Representative members here in Oklahoma that voted in favor of Senate Bill 3. I think they voted in favor of it because of incrementalism, a strategic move in the right direction. 
I think they were also caught on the horns of this dilemma. If they voted no for Senate Bill 3, they would have been accused of not doing anything to try to stop this stuff. They would have been accused of being on the left of the issue rather than the right of the issue. So I understand the dilemma, and I also understand the value of incremental gain. I've talked about that before on this show. I think conservatives are quite often naive in not taking an incremental win and demanding all or nothing. That's not what I'm arguing for right now. I'm arguing for integrity and consistency. And when I criticize this bill, I'm not criticizing those that voted for it out of concern for an incremental win, incremental gain in good. Those aren't the people I'm criticizing. The folks I'm criticizing are those in leadership, as well as those who are being disingenuous, uh, hypocritical, duplicitous, voting for something that appears to be conservative when they were actually refusing to even hear bills that would have solved the problem completely. That's what I'm criticizing right now. Also, those that think that you can just give this hospital $40 million and then trust it to change its ways and not continue to aid and abet these programs and services in different ways because you put nothing in the bill that would restrict them from doing so. That's what I'm criticizing. Let, let's just set the context here in a, in a different way. You remember the story of Neville Chamberlain, the Prime Minister of Great Britain back in 1938. It was actually September of 1938 when Chamberlain returned from the Munich Conference. That's what it was called. That's when he, he, Neville Chamberlain, declared peace for our time. That famous proclamation that he spoke to the entire world saying we have peace for our time as a result of his meeting with Adolf Hitler and the Third Reich. The official name given to the Prime Minister's response to this German aggression was peace for our time. Now, Chamberlain was widely touted for his efforts as a strategic genius who had stemmed the tide of de Fuhrer's expansionist aims. His political checkmate of Hitler was greeted with jubilation from most of the British Parliament, and almost all of the media intelligentsia at the time. Winston Churchill, who was in the House of Commons, stood nearly alone in opposition to Chamberlain. And in his now famous speech from the House of Commons, he declared, Churchill declared that Chamberlain's leadership was naive at best and a diplomatic disaster in the extreme. This is what Churchill said in, in his speech. He said, I will therefore begin by saying the most unpopular and most unwelcome thing, something everybody would like to ignore or forget, but which must nevertheless be stated, namely, that we have sustained a total and unmitigated defeat. Close quote. That's what Churchill said in response to this strategic move, this incremental gain that was being touted as uh, political genius on the part of Chamberlain. Winston Churchill stepped forward and said, no, this is not a victory, people. This is an unmitigated defeat. He said, I know that uh, by saying this that I'm not going to be popular, but it needs to be said. We cannot, cannot ignore or forget that this will go down in history as a unmitigated defeat. And you know what happened. You know the rest of the story. In less than a year, the Nazis invaded Poland, 
World War II began, and Neville Chamberlain went down in history more as a fool than as a statesman worthy of respect. So why do I share this with you on this show? Well, think of that story as we talk about what took place this past Thursday here in Oklahoma. The Oklahoma House of Representatives and the Oklahoma Senate did their absolute best this past Thursday to ignore these lessons of history, the lessons of Chamberlain and Churchill, the lessons of appeasement, celebrating a incremental victory when indeed you've had an unmitigated disaster on the battlefield. It's as if our GOP leaders have never heard of Winston Churchill's wisdom or Neville Chamberlain's mistakes. Again, I've said over and over again on this show, he who doesn't learn the lessons of history is doomed to repeat them. We talked about that last week. Churchill was one of the famous orators that used that phrase that started started with Edmund Burke and then went on to Santayana and then went to Churchill. And even my old mentor in college, David McKenna, said something very similar. Have our leaders never learned these lessons? I mean, we we have a Republican supermajority in both chambers, the House and the Senate. And our elected brain trusts here in the reddest of red states just voted to appease just voted to appease rather than stop the cultural ubermensch, the supermen, and their march to groom and butcher our children here in Oklahoma. What in the world are we thinking? And when confronted with the fact that the University of Oklahoma Children's Hospital explicitly says on its website that it promotes, and I quote, gender-affirming treatment that can include pausing puberty, managing gender-affirming hormone therapy, helping find surgeons who perform gender-affirming surgeries, and assisting with legal name or gender marker changes, close quote. When our supermajority of Republicans in the House and Senate were confronted by the fact that the Children's Hospital still says that on their website, your Lawmakers that you've elected decided that the best thing to do would be to give an additional $39.4 million to the hospital. (laughs) Now, how did they justify this? How did your Sooner State's public service justify this move? Well, here's essentially, in my view, what they did. They scolded the University of Oklahoma Hospital Authority and the Children's Hospital Basically, they said, we're going to give you a timeout. You've been very, very, very bad. And we're going to demand that you never, ever do these very, very, very bad, terrible things ever, ever again. And when we said that, when our legislature said that to the administrators and doctors and the lobbyists at the hospital authority, as well as the University of Oklahoma Children's Hospital, they... These administrators, these doctors that are promoting all of this stuff and obviously believe in it, they didn't have a change of heart just because they were scolded. No, they hung their heads in shame. And they promised to behave, and they accepted their punishment of adding nearly $40 million to their war chest. That's essentially what just happened. Now, at this point in the story, you'd be right to ask, Now that they are $40 million to the good, 
What's to stop the children's hospital from continuing their child abuse by simply referring their victims to other clinics and hospitals across the state? You're, you, you know, if you if you want to disagree with me, you'd likely say, well, Piper, the Senate Bill 3 actually prohibits the children's hospital from doing any of this stuff any longer. Okay, but is there anything in the Senate Bill 3 that prohibits the children's hospital from continuing to promote the stuff like it does on its website right now and then just referring its potential victims to other clinics and hospitals across the state that are not prohibited from doing this stuff by virtue of Senate Bill 3 or refer them out of state. Is there anything in this bill that stops this children's hospital from continuing to aid and abet and promote the same stuff? The answer is no, there's nothing in the bill that would stop it. So in other words, they, the children's hospital, the OU Hospital Authority can and will continue to encourage, promote, and refer out for every nefarious service that they mention on their website. And they'll enjoy an additional $40 million in their coffers for doing so. Is this a incremental gain? Is this a strategic victory? Or is this a Chamberlain-esque type of appeasement? Now, here's the other thing that just infuriates me. What makes this facade all the more gulling is that this all took place while Oklahoma's Senate pro tem, Greg Treat, Republican, and Speaker of the House, Charles McCall, Republican, refused to hear two bills that would have solved all this nonsense and all this sleight of hand and all this deception, duplicity, and hypocrisy. The House Bill 3240 and Senate Bill 676 both would have made it illegal, illegal, unlawful in the state of Oklahoma for any healthcare professional to intentionally perform gender reassignment medical treatment on a person under the age of 21. Both of these bills would have done that. And both of these bills were quashed by Treat and McCall. So your Republican leadership refused to even hear two bills, one sponsored in the Senate and one sponsored in the House, that would have made it illegal for anyone in the state of Oklahoma, any health care professional, to intentionally perform gender reassignment, medical treatment, surgery, or hormone therapy on a person under the age of 21. They could have heard two bills, debated two bills, on the floor of the House and the floor of the Senate. They could have brought those before the Republican supermajorities and asked your elected representatives to decide whether or not this type of child abuse, this type of grooming of minors, this type of body mutilation should be legal in the state of Oklahoma on minors. You know what? I'm guessing that the majority of those folks, the citizens of Oklahoma that elected Treat and McCall, would probably think that this should be an unlawful practice on minors here in the state of Oklahoma. Not just slapping OU on the hands in the University of Oklahoma Children's Hospital on the hands and saying, oh my goodness, we didn't know that you were promoting this stuff at your hospital. You can't do that any longer, 
well, I stand corrected. You can still promote it. You just can't actually perform the actual surgeries, and you can't administer the actual hormones. You can't do that. But if you refer your clients elsewhere, you're not violating anything that's explicitly stated in SB 3, Senate Bill 3. So all debate was taken off the table because Treat and McCall quashed these two bills, House Bill 3240 and Senate Bill 676. All debate was declared verboten because your Republican leadership didn't want to hear two conservative bills that really would have taken this whole issue to task rather than the pretension the pretension of standing against all of it, but yet then turning around and giving $40 million to the hospital that was promoting it and still will promote it and counsel and encourage it, but they'll just try to find a way not to technically violate SB3 because they want their $40 million. So how can they avoid violation of that while still helping these children mutilate their bodies and aiding and abetting the parents that want to cut off functioning organs from their sons and daughters? Well, they'll just refer those kids to another clinic in the state of Oklahoma that provides these services. And right now, I'm told that there are seven different clinics and hospitals in the state of Oklahoma that will provide these services. And the OU Children's Hospital is just going to refer them there. Or they might refer them to California. If we have time, we'll talk about how that will actually play out. But here's the thing. This... This shines a light on the fact that you don't have any Churchillian conservatives, or at least not that many. You have some. Treat McCall certainly aren't. Your leadership certainly isn't. Because a Churchill conservative would demand the passage of these laws that would prohibit, make it illegal, unlawful to do this stuff in Oklahoma. A true Churchill conservative would have demanded the passage of these laws as a predicate to any further funding of the hospital that's defying the hospital that is blatantly, explicitly, intentionally, boldly defying the ideals that these Republican leaders purportedly hold. At least they told you they held these ideals when they ran for office. I'm arguing that anything short of such legislation, and when I say legislation, such legislation, I'm referring to these two bills that would have made it unlawful. Anything short of this kind of legislation is little more than naive or maybe even disingenuous appeasement. It does nothing but guarantee a future attack, and it begs for death by a thousand cuts. So my point is this. Until it's illegal in Oklahoma to perform any gender-altering therapy or surgery on minors, No money, zero money, as in none, nothing. No money should be given to these schools or hospitals. Stop paying these clinics, these hospitals, these doctors, these professors. Stop paying the ubermensch, the supermen, who think they're so much smarter than everybody else. Stop paying them $40 million plus to do this stuff and then just slap their hands and tell them by virtue of some Senate bill or House bill or some resolution or whatever that they 
They can't do that anymore. But then you write them a check before they've even proven that they won't or how they're going to respond to you. Oh, but it's illegal now. You can hold them to account. Well, sure. Sure, but it's still not illegal for them to counsel, promote, aid, and abet, and refer out all of these services. These kids will still be butchered. And your Republican supermajority just decided, in their infinite wisdom, to write a check for $40 million to the railroad company that owns the train and the boxcars that are being used to cart the Jews off to the death camps. Now, why do I say that? It's the transportation vehicle. The hospital will now be essentially equivalent to the mode of transportation of getting these kids to the camps where some witch doctor can use his or her scalpel to carve off functioning body parts and celebrate while they're doing it. These kids are being used as lab rats. You can't wash your hands of the evil when you fund the railroad, but yet condemn Auschwitz. There's duplicity here. There's hypocrisy here. So again, I'm going to say it. Until it's illegal in Oklahoma to perform any gender-altering therapy or surgery on minors, no money should be given to these schools and these hospitals. Again, to use Churchill's famous words, the most unpopular, most unwelcome thing, something everybody would like to ignore, is this. Until such a law exists, all funds allocated are little more than political appeasement that will lead to total and unmitigated defeat. Or as one of my Facebook friends says, this is a snow job to give them cover when they get home. This was poison money, and our Republican leaders knowingly drank it. Conservatives should be defunding the mutilation of body, mind, and soul that they are foisting on our kids. And then he goes on and says this, The reddest state in the Union? My arse. Close quote. And I, I would argue he's right. You can't claim to be the reddest state in the Union, the reddest of red states, the most conservative state, the buckle of the Bible Belt, the state that hasn't had one county go blue in five successive presidential elections. You can't argue that that means much if our Republican leaders refuse to lead. If they continue to appease the left, if they continue to write checks, $40 million checks to organizations that boldly and proudly tell you that your 10-year-old children should be subject to removal of healthy body parts because a 10-year-old can declare that he is something he's not? A, a child who can't buy cigarettes, a child who can't buy alcohol, a child who can't drive, who can't vote, a child who can't do a lot of things because he's still under his parents' authority, you're going to allow that child to decide that he can remove functioning organs? This is crazy talk. And your Republican leaders apparently don't understand it. Now, let's close by saying this one more time. Some of the Republicans that voted for this did so for strategic and incremental gain. Had I been there, I don't know what I would have done. I may have voted for the bill 
if I thought that it would save more children rather than less from these butchers. But I'll tell you this, I would have been screaming to the high heavens. I would have been running to the media. I would have been writing articles. I would have been going on radio shows, and I would have been saying, this is wrong. We shouldn't be funding any of this stuff until we pass a law that makes it illegal across the state because what these people are going to do is continue to promote this butchery. They'll say they're not doing it themselves, but they're just going to refer these poor children to another clinic within the state or outside of the state. I would have been saying that, and I would have been saying it as an explanation for why I decided to go along and vote for SB3 simply because maybe, just maybe, in God's grace, it'll save one or two kids from the butcher's knife. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's going to do nearly as much good as we're pretending it's going to do. Because our pro tem and our Speaker of the House refused to even hear bills that would make this stuff illegal. So don't tell me the Republicans in Oklahoma really stand against this stuff when they won't even hear bills that would make this stuff go away. I would have been saying that. And I would have been making sure that every media outlet, every radio station, every newspaper, every blog, every commentator knew that if I voted for it because I had to, I voted for it, holding my nose, recognizing that it was appeasement, and then pray that it doesn't end up being an unmitigated defeat and disaster. In the days ahead, keep your eye on the University of Oklahoma Children's Hospital. Go to their website and see what they say. Follow the stories with regard to parents and children that end up at that hospital. What are the patients and the parents advised to do? What kind of referrals are made? Are, are children still getting transgender surgeries and therapies just at some other location? Here's another question. Does the University of Oklahoma Children's Hospital get any kickbacks for referring outside? Is there any financial remuneration from other clinics and hospitals if the Children's Hospital at the University of Oklahoma actually refers? SB3 doesn't prohibit any of that, folks. Appeasement or victory? You decide. Lack of leadership, lack of integrity, duplicity in our Republican leaders? Eh, sure looks like it to me. Again, you're the voters. You can do something about this. Don't just let this story go away. Turn up the heat. Demand consistency and integrity. Demand that your supermajority leadership actually acts like Republicans, conservatives, people who care about protecting children rather than mutilating them and using them as guinea pigs and lab rats. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.